from the sports desks of the Topeka Capital Journal, the Salina Journal, the Hutchinson News, and all of Gannett, Kansas. This is the Gannett, Kansas Sports Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome on into the Get It Kansas Sports Podcast. I'm your co-host, Billy Watson. I'm the sports reporter at the Hutchinson News. Joining me, as always, are Dylan Sherwood of the Salina Journal and Seth Kinker at the Topeka Capital Journal. And Seth's words, we're excited to spew our nonsense in not only print, but now audio. Happy New Year. It's been a, about a month since, about two months now, since state high school football. Uh, Christmas is gone. Well, three months because it was in no, late November after Thanksgiving. We're deep into basketball season, wrestling, wrestling league meets are coming up, and we're, we're in the downhill mode of basketball season, which will be the heavy load of what we talk about today, but it's about to be February, which is crazy. We're taping on Monday, January 31st. February is already here, and you know what? With that, we're, let's kind of start this off before we get into our recap of the tournaments that we saw this weekend on the girls' side. You know, what's what's the worst month out of the year, guys? I, I mean, I have an argument, but I want to hear uh, what you think, Seth, first, because uh, I'll, I'll probably rebuttal if if I'm if you have the same month as I do, I'll, I'm going to give you a good argument why. But what what's the worst month out of the year? It's I'm going to say after when's when's uh, like March Madness and like April, right? Like I know it's March Madness, but like the championship games, like the first yeah, weekend March. of April. Yes. I want to say like after that, because that's when you get to only baseball being on. And I like baseball, but I, I can't, I can't watch baseball. Like when it's on to like, it's just too slow for me. So like that, that period right after that, when like all the major sports are done, besides, and the baseball is the only thing on, I think is, is that an accurate month? Is, is that right or not? Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's baseball. Um, we're obviously covering baseball, softball, girls' soccer, and I'm missing. No, one. I, I know. Oh, I, I'm at pro but sports. I'm, I'm at pro sports. Pro sports, yeah, and of course. Uh, yo, you got NASCAR if you're a NASCAR fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, NASCAR right was only fun because of the crashes, which is terrible, but also not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, after I would say the month once March Madness ends, so like that's April. So I'd say March, May. I would say May because that's when there's like nothing on sports wise on TV. You got like Little League World Series, I think, comes on to give it a boost. And, and that's, well, like, also you got NBA playoffs, but... NBA playoffs, okay. but okay. but which which is it? But but there's basketball, and you know, for me when I when I grew up, uh, I had basic television. So I had the, the three major networks. I had the CW, and then. I think I had PBS as well. So I watched PBS Kids growing up. And then obviously the first way I discovered basketball was when it was on ABC. And mm. if there was if the games were not on ABC, I didn't know what was happening. So usually, you know, you know how they show them throughout the week on TNT, ESPN. I didn't have that growing up. So if they it, once it was shown on on Sundays, Sunday primetime, Sunday afternoon, even Christmas Day on ABC, that those were the fun days. And and once it got to after June or after the NBA Finals, I was like, man, there's nothing on. And you're right, there's nothing on. And there is, I think they show fishing sometimes on CBS during the time, which which is it's cool. It's and cool. Golf. And golf. I mean, I'd rather watch play golf than watch golf. I was going to say those are like leisure activities that I'd rather be doing rather than than watching. And if you're like a, a really intense fan, you can appreciate watching golf or like watching. Oh yeah, fish, competitive fishing tournaments. But it's like. Not my cup of tea, I guess. You know, teach. I mean, it's tough to watch fishing. 
especially because <laughs> they're they they probably sped it up. I don't I'm not I don't think you can catch a bass just by casting your line out and just going bang, but. I don't know. Dylan, you, you were in Kansas City this past weekend, and I want to get your thoughts on that later, but what do you think the, the worst month of the year is? And don't say know. it's the November because I've been blaring Christmas music by then. No, 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 no. Uh, yo, I would have to agree with you, Billy, about after the NBA Finals. Once the NBA Finals and you only got baseball going on, I mean, that's kind of like the dead period in, in sports. It, it's just so hard because... All you, if, if you're a big sports guy like I am, you're going to watch baseball. And, I mean, sometimes you got get ti- you get tired of that or your team's not doing so well and you want to watch something else. So, yeah, it, it, anything after the NBA Finals, so not really a particular month. But, but once things start kicking back in in August and into September, that would be the... Uh, that would be that dead period. Yeah, the spring training area, that's when you kind of get excited. And like, oh, three weeks left till the end of August for college football. So um, y'all y'all stuck with the sports the, the sports area of the worst month. You know, I, I guess I was kind of looking into a more worldwide sense in this because I think February is the worst because Valentine's Day. Uh, it's This year it's on a Monday. So Monday yep. there's no sports this year. Uh, post uh, post Super Bowl, post Super Bowl, so that's even worse if you're single. But that Monday, uh, you're probably going to be looking to work. So February is probably the the worst because it's also the year where you don't know how many days they're in, and it's also that day where they're like, "Oh, how many months have 28 days?" Uh, you know, and it's like, "Oh, what? well, it is leap year. It is. It, this is a leap year. I'm pretty sure." 20, if See, this is I don't I don't know that. Why do we have that? I don't know why we have that sometimes. No, it's not a leap year. It's not a leap year. Well, there you so go. It would have been another reason. Oh, so it's like every other year. So it's every oh, four years. Okay, so but the who's next counting? One will come at twenty four. Yeah, so I I don't know. I don't I don't keep count. I don't like February. It's also, I think it's it feels longer because March sales March goes by really quickly. April goes a little bit slow, but January was kind of long in my opinion. But I think February is going to go by super fast. And then obviously March, because March is going to be state championships. And then that's going to be over for basketball. And then we got the junior college national tournament, which will go by really quickly in a week. But but that's my argument. I think February is kind of the worst. And you know what? Happy February if you like February, and uh, kudos to you if you like February. But, you know, February is that downhill part of the year with high school basketball. We're Super Bowls in two weeks. We got the Pro Bowl coming up and the Skills Challenge and all that. Dylan, you were at the Chiefs game. Let's quickly and briefly talk about that. You know, Chiefs were up pretty nicely at the half, just like last week. And this, this this year they won the coin toss and their Twitter account said we won the toss. And then there's that fake uh, Cincinnati Bengals account that said you lost the toss or lost the game. And uh, darn it, Chiefs or one one win away from a Super Bowl again. Well, they had a chance to win in regulation and then Mahomes decided to just get out, get he get flushed out of the pocket and – and like Kelsey was wide open, and, and then he got sacked, which forced the Butker uh, field goal. Yeah. So, so had a chance at the end of the first half, one yard line, 
the one yard line for crying out loud. See, yeah, but I, that, feel like, I feel like I think that was the biggest play. That's hindsight 2020 for KC fans because every other time, every other time, they're going to be like, oh, of course you go for that. We have Mahomes and we have this offense. And then most of the time you do convert it and then you're saying you're happy with that. So I feel like all the KC fans point to that now when you're looking back. But nine times out of ten with the way this Chiefs high-powered offense is, they're fine with that during the course of the regular season and, and any other game. I'm just saying they had two times inside the five-yard line, end of the first half, and in the late in the fourth quarter on the final drive. Run the ball. Run the ball. McKinnon has, was doing good things. He did good things early. Clyde was doing good things. When he came in, yeah, but that's ball that, throw it to Travis Kelsey. That's what you got to do. I'm surprised they didn't do a shuffle pass. Yeah, that little underhand thing yeah, they usually do to Kelsey. Yeah. But I was thinking that the that, one yard line. They should have. I think, half. I don't know. I think you def. I was thinking about it on second down. I think you kicked the field goal, go up. Was it a, yeah, go up 11? In yeah, the half, make four to ten, and so that that was probably the that was the biggest stop of the game right there. It allowed yep, the, it allowed it Cincinnati to stay in the game. They were able to come back and outscore KC in the second half, force overtime. And man, Evan McPherson, man, what a what Stones. a baller, a what rookie, a, what a baller. I mean, to come in as a rookie, and this kid is. He's gonna be. He's gonna get. I think he's. He with the way he's performing, he might be the next Justin Tucker. Uh, that's a lot to say because Tucker is one of the uh, right. He's the highly highest paid kicker in the league. He's he's dead accurate. He came from Texas, which is the only downside, if you're asking me. But but man, he he's stone cold and he he's taking a team to another Super Bowl thanks to him. So. You got you got to feel happy for Cincinnati with the way they were two years ago, and then drafting Gerald Burrow, drafting Jamar Chase, and turning it turning it around in two years to go to a Super Bowl. So that's cool for them. And then same thing for the LA Rams. You know they traded Jared Goff, who was in a Super Bowl as well, right? I if I remember right, uh, young in his career, and yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, they were in the Super Bowl as well with Jared Goff. Uh, and they traded him away to get Matthew Stafford, who has just been trapped in Detroit. And now, there you go. Now it helps to have the one of the best receivers in the game as well in Cooper Cup. And so I think the Rams are very deserving of it as well to to beat the 49ers and head to the Super Bowl. This is this is unique. I don't think we ever saw the Bengals or the Rams. Well, we might have seen the Rams be a, potentially that team to make the Super Bowl. I don't think anyone saw the Bengals this year. Do you guys have a uh, either a team that you're rooting for or a winner prediction right now, so we can get it? You can lock it in early. Let's lock. I'm, I'll lock it in. I, I like the Bengals. I especially because you know Jamar Chase has been doubted a lot, and he's definitely backed up his game. And so has Joe Burrow. And I'd like to see him compared to two years ago when he was smoking a cigar after winning the national championship. I'd, I'd like to see that uh, after a Super Bowl. So I'm going for Cincinnati, especially if you can knock knock out Mahomes. So he's what? They said he was one of two quarterbacks to beat Mahomes in the playoffs, him and Brady. So I'm go, I'm team Cincinnati in this one in, in a couple weeks. I got to go with I got to go with the Bengals. I'm I'm just impressed with Joe Burrow cuz he he got flushed out of the pocket a couple times yesterday. There was a couple times on third down in the second half where he scrambled, and that was big for the Bengals because they just gassed the uh, the Chiefs defense. And Chris Jones was 
was one of the guys trying to get him, but he escaped him know, twice he, on one of those plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was on the same drive too. I think it was on the same drive too, but yeah. But you also gotta give props to Zach Taylor. Played at Butler Community College in the 2000s, and then he went to Nebraska. Has been everywhere, and now is the head coach of the Bengals. And I think he's in his second or third year in Cincy. But you know, you gotta root for you gotta root, I gotta root for Zach Taylor. He's got the Grizzly in him, and and it's not because they're an underdog; they're a proven winner. No. They they've been a proven winner. And he won a national championship when he was at Butler too, so he knows how to win. Dude, forget you guys, man. The Los Angeles Matt Stafford. Let's go. Let's go. Los Angeles Matt Stafford. Nice. Sorry. I, I get it. You want Aaron Donald to get a, a, a Super Bowl ring as well. And I think he he deserves it too. I, Give Vaughn Miller one more too. Vaughn Miller as well, man. Vaughn Miller. A, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. That'll be in two weeks on Fox. And, and it's a home game for the Rams. So on that NBC. A, a second straight so call, year. The Collins Worth slide. I thought it was on Fox. No, it's on NBC. Pretty sure it's on Fox. No, I thought it was on no, Fox. No, it's on NBC. We get the Collins Worth slide this year. All right, all right. Well, that that'll be dope. Always. No, 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 Aikman this year. No Aikman. Nope. Sorry, Aikman. No Aikman. I'm I'm this year. I'm I'm pro Nance Romo because they're. I mean, how can how can you hate Romo? Well, how can you hate Romo in the in the in the suite up up top on the field, okay. there's a different story. <laughs> um, well, that'll end our discussion with the Chiefs. You know that that's coming up next week's Pro Bowl. In two weeks, it'll be the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Bengals. Let's talk some high school basketball. We'll cut this into two segments where we talk about you know this past weekend and girls basketball tournaments around the area in our, each of our areas, and we'll break down our top three teams in our area, which we did in our last podcast as well, which you can also listen to and subscribe to on the podcast venue of your choice between Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I personally like Spotify because I switch back and forth, and that could be saved for another time. But a lot of good girls basketball. We saw a few few matchups, at least in my area as well, that were shocking. Seth, starting with you, what did you cover this weekend, and what were just some of your takeaways from what you saw at girls high school, high school basketball? So I was at the Lady Firebirds Winter Classic at Free State. Um, I was kind of the biggest tournament in, the, in this area as far as uh, star-powered ranked matchups. You had Washburn Rural, who's number six in 6A, and then you had Derby, uh, who was number three, and Shawnee Mission West, who was number one. And uh, both those teams were undefeated. Um, that was kind of so that was the big one that stood out for me. The Capital City Classic did end up having some closer games than uh, I anticipated. Um, but to speak, I did come out on top there. But I was in uh, – Free State for both of those games for the semifinal game for Washington Rural against Derby on Friday and then the championship game that, uh, on Saturday against Shawnee Mission West. Um, and both of those were incredible games. I mean, Washington Rural really kind of uh, sent a message. I think that, you know, they've been a contender these past couple of years, but then now this year, uh, Topeka High came in without Nigel Kennedy, and that was a big matchup earlier this season. And Topeka High went to Washburn Rural and beat them in their first matchup without Nigel Kennedy. Uh, Washburn Rural's only three losses last year were to Topeka High. Um, so, you know, that matchup I thought was big. And for that, for Topeka High to come into Washburn Rural and still come away with the win, kind of let the league know, let the area know that despite losing a top player like Nigel Kennedy, they're still going to compete. And then so Washburn Rural turns around 
and then comes to a tournament like this with arguably the best talent in, in the state in, in terms of them being ranked sixth and sixth day and then the number three and the number one teams both undefeated and they beat both of those teams and they beat them in ways that were the, the talent I, I know that um, Derby has a girl that's committed to Arkansas uh, one of their guards Marin Archer and then Samaya Nichols who uh, plays for Shawnee Mission West is uh, teammates uh, played with Brooklyn DeLay uh, Zoe Canfield and Jada Ingram on Washington Rule they played on um Team Central, which was a part of the Junior NBA uh, World Championships, and they ended up winning that. That wow. was kind of right before high school. Um, I think summer of eighth grade going into high school. They played with Samaya Nichols on that team, and they they advanced to the bracket for Team USA. So they represented Team USA and then smoked Team Canada in the finals. So Samaya Nichols is a girl that she's a junior. She's a, She's got a four-star ranking composite on ESPN right now, a 94 grade from the scouts. And she's just a really talented player. She's a six-one junior guard who can score at all three levels. She can defend. Um, she was the focal point of their offense. And when they won that championship game, uh, you know, she had hers, but they limited the rest of their team, Shawnee Mission West, to nothing. Um, so I think the way that then against Derby the night before, it was kind of close in the first half, and then in the end, their second half, Washington Rural pulls away to win. 57 to 34, I think it was. So, like, the way that they won both those games, to me, really kind of was indicative of their potential for this season, especially after that close loss to T-High earlier this season. The way that they came out and performed against two of the best teams in the state that were undefeated and won both of them back-to-back. This was back-to-back, too. So they played Derby on Friday night, the second game of the tournament. And they so they got done around, like, 9.30-ish, maybe a little bit after. Then the next day, the championship game was uh, moved up to 1.30 because one of the uh, – consolation games was the teams just canceled the game because one of the teams didn't have enough for the roster. So the, t- the championship game moved up. So they had did it on short rest, on a short turnaround on the game plan and beat the number three and the number one undefeated teams in the state. So that, that was kind of the biggest biggest takeaways for me. That was the biggest tournament uh, in my area. Yeah, and uh, I want to I ask you really quickly about Derby because Derby comes, I don't know how much you saw of them, uh, you obviously got to see them this weekend. Um, how good are they? Because Hutch, Hutchinson plays them on Tuesday, and this is kind of like a little scouting report question I guess I'm asking about you because yeah. right now that a- the ABCTO one is quite stacked. You know, we got Derby, Mays, Mays South, Hutch at the top right now. Newton's capable of producing an upset in that league. <clears throat> but how good is Derby? And how good will they be with that quick turnaround off of this weekend and heading on the road to play Hutch, who's eight and two, I think, right now? Uh, they got two losses. They lost in the first round of this weekend to Great Bend, who had the who they beaten earlier or just like la- la- the last week before that tournament. Lost in the opening round and they ended up winning the consolation bracket. But every- I think everyone, including myself, saw them going to that tournament championship potentially against Emporia, who ended up winning it. But what do you see at a derby that makes them that that good? They're out there. They were number they were number three in the KBCA rankings last week. We're still waiting for them mm-hmm. to get released this week as we're taping on Monday. So, what did you see out of them? It's it's a dangerous team. I mean, I think the matchups against Washington Rural particularly were were interesting because they tried they took their uh, senior four their senior post player Tatum uh, Bocher. I don't want to butcher her name, but she was got, back 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 your. B o e t t j e r. D j e r. Yeah. We have a history of mispronouncing names, at, at right? Me, so she's. So I've, she, I've, 
she's a talented post player. Name, so she's, I tried my best. Right. She's she's six three, six four. She can she's got a nice shooting touch as well. She shot a couple three. What they were trying to do was pull Brooklyn Delay out of the post. So they they put uh, Tatum on the on the perimeter a lot and allowed her to shoot. And she's got a nice shooting stroke. She didn't hit them, but I think if she would have hit those shots, that would have opened up the game a lot more for what Derby wanted to do. Um, so she's really talented, even though it might not have flashed as much against Washburn Rule. Um, she's she's a problem, though. Any team going up against a six four post player is going to have issues. Um, another player stood out, Naomi White, a sophomore. She was really impressive. She was one of their guards, and she was one of the shorter players on the court. But she got into the paint, and she's really quick and really good on her pivot foot. She had, I think, six points in the first quarter, and all of them were came in the paint. She got the ball with her back to the basket and was able to get to with the pivot that she wanted and had a nice little turnaround Jay and, and get, you know, nothing but net. So there's those two that stood out. Marin Archer, like I mentioned, the junior point guard that's committed to Arkansas already. Um, she is just a really scrappy, physical, intense guard. I think Isaac and I talked, uh, talked about her a couple of times, you know, during the game. And then even in the spaces that we've had like a couple of these nights after these tournaments. And she's just, uh, she's a very intense, uh, get in your face type of player. And she kind of sets the tone for them. I think, one of the things that stood out about that Washington Rule game, too, in general, was the physicality. Like, right from the beginning, it, it was there. Both teams were playing man-to-man defense. Derby threw in some 2-3 and some 3-2 zones. But there were people flying around, people bodying each other up, whether on defense and offense, diving for loose balls. So I think that physicality is something that stood out to me. Washington Rule was able to stand up to it and get, give it back a little bit, which is something that they had been kind of working on this season. As far as wanting to see more physicality from their team, from, you know, Kevin Border with their coach wanted to see that more. And that was the, these two games were two games where they needed to see it. So I don't know what, as far as like Hutchinson goes, where are they able to, if a team's able to play them physically, are they able to kind of respond to that and play with or around that? Well, I think I've seen a Hutch a couple of times this year. This will be my first time seeing them since I think November, December. But when I first saw them, when I played Mays, who was ranked in the top 10 to start the year, they, they out physical them if that's a popular that's definitely not the proper way to say it but they <laughs> played they yeah they played them more physical they attacked more inside they were get they were able to get going Maya Thompson is the they're they're one of their best post players and she plays physical and she plays with a lot of emotion as well uh they're true freshmen uh, Aaliyah Green plays a lot with a lot of physicality as well so I think those two are going to be the the focal points of t- of Tuesday night's matchup, especially if you want to match that that height of Derby. Um, I want to switch over really quick to the tournaments I covered this weekend. You know, the Haven Classic, which uh, I think struck a lot of struck a lot of people with the way that it it panned out. You know, with the passing of Ando head coach Ted Anderson, who he had just coached Thursday night against Haven, where Ando won thirty seven to thirty two. And then you wake up the next night and you find out that he passed away during overnights. And that was really shocking to me, you know, pretty shocking to everybody. Um, he had just coached the night before. So you there was that headline for Andel. They ended up finishing second in the tournament after falling in the championship to Cheney, the 3A defending state champion, who knocked off number one Nickerson in the semifinal, which was rather shocking. Uh, with the way that I heard about it, it was 35-10 to 10 at the half, Cheney up. And Cheney had lost Kylie Shear, who's at Emporia State, and she was Miss Kansas basketball and All-State and everything. She quoted one of my tweets saying, don't sleep or never sleep on Cheney. And I learned that over the weekend, and 
definitely a Cheney team you got to watch out for. They they just outplayed Andell and Nickerson in, at every position, despite you know Ava Jones being Ava Jones and how good she is. And that that's been a thing that Coach McLean has told me is they still got to find how. They still got to find more contributions from other players as far as shooting goes. You know, they got Ava who's averaging a twenty-point double-double, but after that, there's a big, there's a big, uh, there's a big drop-off. So, and they found that in their third-place game against Garden Plain, who was really tough. They had seven three-pointers in the game, including six in the first half. So that was really big for Garden Plain. But Nickerson found Josie McLean, who had a season-high thirteen, and Kieran Anches, who went on a 6-0 run of her own in the third quarter to really boost and and put on a game-defining 20-4 to run in that second half to put Nickerson in that uh, third-place position. So good for Nickerson, but Cheney was the story uh, of that tournament, and they just proved how good they are and how good they're going to be. And they still got more room to improve, says Sarah McCormick, who's a first-year head coach, and Bryn McCormick's mom. Uh, she's a Hutchinson Community College commit as well. And Bryn's got one of the sweetest strokes you'll ever see in shooting in girls basketball at the 3A level. So she'll she's definitely one of those better players for Cheney. And you got Corey Lees, Campbell Haig, who is also a uh, all-tournament as well. Brooklyn Wee a lot of the similar girls you saw in, in volleyball that were able to knock off Nickerson. They're great basketball players as well. So that really stood out in that tournament as well. So Cheney's definitely going to make that Nickerson sub-state sub Really interesting, and then Nickerson, I'm sure, will definitely go back to the drawing board and improve uh, by the time end of February, early March comes. Uh, Dylan, what did you get to see this weekend? I know we've talked a lot, but what did you get to see this weekend? Well, with um, with all of our teams uh, having their tournaments, playing in their tournaments the previous week, only one team played this week with uh, the Old Sling girls and the uh, Finishing fourth, they lost to Central Christian in the third place game. Uh, That's right. I believe I saw Ra- Raleigh Kramer, who had an excellent tournament for the Cardinals, a Southwestern Community or, or Southwestern College softball commit, uh, scored a bunch of points. I think she had 26 one night, had 18 in the second round game. I didn't see what she had in the third place game because I wasn't able to open the file, but. <laughs> but but I, I ended up seeing uh, Southeast of Celine uh, last Tuesday and then Sacred Heart on Friday night. Uh, saw some sweeps there. Um, big week uh, this week uh, with the Celine County teams because Celine Central and Celine South play each other on Tuesday night. Uh, Southeast of Celine and Sacred Heart also play on Tuesday night. It's so interesting. This is the second consecutive year where on the same night you have South and Central and then Southeast and Sacred Heart playing each other, which is so making it in your life hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everyone knows where I where I need to be at. I gotta be at South and Central because I saw Southeast and Sacred Heart play their first matchup. So, I mean, if I were to pick one, it's gonna be South and Central. Because uh, anything can happen in that rivalry. Because last year on the girls' side, uh, the Central girls were ranked number two. Uh, they had lost to Liberal in the title game of the Salina Invitational Tournament. And South just took them to the woodshed and made baskets early. And 
and still Central made it to the state semifinals and lost to um, Andover Central. So I think, yeah, five of their losses last year, three of them were to Andover Central, and then the other two coming to Salina South and Liberal. So <laughs> so it, it, it's going to be an interesting one in the Brick House tomorrow, especially on the girls' side. Uh the Central girls are just cooking right now. Their closest win is 19 points. That happened on December 16th against Andover Central. And then their second closest win was 20 in the Slime Invitational Tournament title game against Andover. And like I mentioned, it's a big week for Slime Central. They're number one in, in, in 5A right now because Aquinas decided they needed to lose to Rockbridge. Missouri and their <laughs> championship game in their midseason tournament. This is a big week for Chris Fear and company. You got your rival at your place, and who knows where Andover Central is going to be ranked after losing the, to Dodge City in the uh, Newton tournament. And it's a big week because the Central girls have to go to Andover to face the Jaguars, who are wanting some redemption after what they did in the, in the brick house uh, back on December 16th. And it's it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, you know, uh, the South boys and the Central boys, the Central boys are 5-7. and seven. The South boys haven't played since their final game of the SIT. Uh, just a good going to be a good week of basketball. Also, Hutch Trinity, who I saw on Friday night, they play El Saline in Brookville. Um, I'm going to have to say this right now, but I think the Hutch Trinity boys are going to get their first win of the year, Billy, against El Saline. A two-win El Saline team, but I'm not guaranteeing it. So, uh, but that that's just what I'm going to say. And, and I mean, the, I t talked to Mark Powell uh, after Friday's game, and he's got a lot of young underclassmen, and they're doing some good things and whatnot. Uh, they almost got 30-pieced at one point in that game, and but ended up losing by 20. But they didn't have the running clock, so that was big for ah. them on, on Friday night. But, yeah, just a fun week of basketball starting on Tuesday with the two rivalry games. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun because if Salina Central gets knocked off as the number one team, I think it's going to be very interesting, but I I just have Friday circled the most. I know the rivalry game is Tuesday night, and I think South can give Central a scare, but I just don't think it's going to be as close as people think. Tuesday, chance of snow overnight. Friday's low is negative two, at least in Hutch. So hopefully we can make it through this week without cancellations. And, uh, you know, it's, it's February. We're supposed to get... Wichita is supposed to get up to 10 inches of snow, possibly. Uh, Salina, Hutch area is 4 to 6, and then Topeka is around 4 inches. So, man, I hope the snow does not uh, ruin our schedules or anything. But Because, you know, I like snow at this point. I don't want it to snow because we have jobs to do. And um want to mention really quick that Central Christian girls team there got their – probably think it was their first loss of the year to Berean – over at that tournament, but Kaylee Kaufman was named to that all-tournament team, Coach DJ Kaufman's daughter, and she's really good. So that Central Girls team heads to Norwich Tuesday. 
who just fell to Pretty Prairie in, in the uh, 54 Classic in a re- revenge win that Norwich won the first time against Pretty Prairie at home <clears throat> in their first meeting since the Substate Final uh, last March. And coming up next, we're going to take a quick break and talk about our top three teams in the area and wrap this episode up of the Gannett Kansas Sports Podcast. And welcome back. You're listening to the Gannett Kansas Sports Podcast. Again, subscribe to the music or podcast vendor of your choosing between Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I prefer Spotify. It's pretty clean. I think there's more there's more uh, music selection on Spotify. But, you know, listen and subscribe to either of those to get your daily dose of sports or weekly dose of sports here in Kansas from our Gannett writers. We're going to talk about our top three teams that we saw over the last week and break those down based on tournaments as we head into this new week where it's just all downhill from here. You know, let's start with Dylan. You know, Dylan, you got the number one team in five way in your area. Uh, but after a week of tournaments and stuff, who are your top three teams? Even though I know you said you, you didn't, uh, a lot of them didn't play this week, but heading into this week, who are your top three teams in that area? So Salina Central at one on the girls' side. Uh, two, I'm going to have to go with uh, the Southeast of Celine girls. And then three, I'm going to have to go with the – I think I'm going to have to go with the Southeast of Celine boys because those would be the top three teams. The Sacred Heart boys have lost two games, so they would check in at number four. But they have a loss to um, – their losses are coming against TMP – and uh, Southeast as well. So those would be my three with Sacred Heart Boys at number four. Um, I have to bump the Elseline girls down due to because they had one loss going into the Marine tournament and two tough losses for them. So they kind of are in that five spot for me. And then it just kind of goes down from there. So top two teams in my area, I think I, I have to go with Washburn Rule. Again, I know I touched on them earlier in this podcast already, but just they're going to be climbing the ranks after taking out the number three and number one undefeated teams in the state um, and already being ranked 6A six, six, six themselves. Um, just that that win was just really impressive. I think their next big matchup to keep an eye out for comes against uh, T-High. They travel to T-High and take them on on February 11th. Um, top two teams in the Centennial League, so that one's the next one to look out for for them. Um uh, for number two, I'm going to go with um, the Silver Lake girls. Uh, they're number two in 3A. They're 11 and one. Uh, they just won their their midseason tournament this this past weekend um, with their only loss coming to a ranked uh, 4A team in Rock Creek um, on the 22nd. Uh, so I'd, I'd say put them as the number two team. And then I think for the third team, it's 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 a toss up. Um, but I think I'm giving to Topeka West uh, Topeka West boys because. They're currently ranked number two in 5A after beating Highland Park. Uh, the boys who were ranked above them to pass them, um, they're two and three in 5A right now. Uh, because it's 12 and one, um, they had a win over just had a win over uh, Junction City, uh, number 10 in 6A in overtime on the 25th. And in that game, Elijah Brooks had 43 points um, to kind of just go completely go off and win that game for them. Had 43, I think, of their 67 points or something like that. Um, and for Brooks, I mean. He's. I think the last time we looked, I think he was third in the state in scoring. 
Um, and that was at that time he had was averaging, I think, 28 points per game or something like that. And that's only going up because I think he's got four or five straight games right now, 30-plus points. Um, they just beat Seaman, who is another team that just got one of their four starters from last year back, Aaron Davis, that gives them another piece. Um, so they have four starters back from last year's team. They beat them handily on Friday, 74 to 58. Um, Elijah Brooks is just playing at another level right now. Um, he's just been really fun to watch for me, like with my first year in the area. The, the ability for him to kind of take over a game and dictate so many different things on both ends of the floor is just really impressive. So I think that's going to round out my top three teams. Yeah, and for mine, uh, I might go out. I'm going to go outside the county just barely because you know we I did end up writing a thing on them for winning the Haven tournament, <clears throat> but my number one team in the area. So right now, for the girls, will be the Cheney Cardinals. They were ranked fifth in three A last week. Took on the number one Nickerson Panthers and beat them pretty handily. Uh, that due to being Ava Jones out with a uh, foul trouble early. But, you know, Cheney's was an all-around team this weekend. They showed why they're still one of the best teams in the state and one of the best all-around teams as well and hoping to defend their 3A state championship. And they, they definitely proved that over there at the Haven tournament. So they'll be my number one team. They got a... They, I'll tell you, they're just they're solid all the way around. Every position, they got height, they got shooters. When the ball leaves Bryn McCormick's hands, you can tell that just by the look of it, if it's going to go in or not. So Cheney is my number one team. Uh, number two, Pretty Prairie Girls. They went into the 45 Classic. Uh, one of the favorites, the other favorites being Norwich, who is on the other side of the bracket. Uh, both teams won pretty similar scores in the second round. Uh, in the semifinals, Norwich ended up winning 51-49 to over Medicine Lodge, I believe it was, and then Pretty Prairie beat Attica 50-49. to So two pretty close pretty close games there, and then in the, in the championship game, Pretty Prairie just used a dynamic defensive game to win 33-19 and avenge a win from early on in the year against Norwich. So they're 1-1 one one on the year. They'll see each other likely one more time and then see each other in sub-state. So Pretty Prairie Girls are at number two. They'll play Central Christian Girls, who are my number three team this week. They went 2-1 and one in the Berean tournament, only falling to Berean uh, Kaylee Kaufman, named to the all-tournament team. Central Christian's got a tough week this week. They got Norwich tomorrow, like I've said, and then they've, they traveled to Pretty Prairie for, to close out a two two game road trip for this week against two top 10 teams and one a division one uh at f- i would put at number four a tie between nickerson and hutchinson i mentioned hutchinson girls going to the emporia tournament and falling in the first game but they came back strong they're a pretty good defensive team solid they're pretty solid on defense and uh, they played Garnet Eisenhower and beat them in the Constellation Championship to win. And then Nickerson came back strong, bounced back after falling to Cheney in the third-place game over Garden Plain. But the biggest thing from that is I expect Cheney to jump Nickerson in the 3A rankings. I think your Silver Lake girls will be number one. I think Cheney could be as high as number two or three, and then Nickerson below Cheney in that so we'll look for out for that in the latest KBCA rankings probably coming out on Tuesday February 1st or even as late as today on Monday January 31st but with that you know that's going to wrap up this episode of the Gannett Kansas Sports Podcast the first one of 2022 and if you're not following us already on social media you can follow the guys on Twitter at Seth Kinker at D Sherwood SJ and of course myself Billy Watson for L, my middle school Twitter name. Don't 
make fun of it. Uh, going on right now on our sites, cjonline.com, solana.com, and hutchnews.com, having a deal for $1 for three months of access, which includes full access online on your desktop, tablet, and mobile devices everywhere. The e-edition and digital replica of the print edition is included. Subscribe to the website of your choosing. And you know what? We're, we're excited for another week of high school basketball. We also got, you know, K-Dub, Washburn's also covered up there in the Topeka area, and then Hutchinson Blue Dragons. Uh, also, many good stuff by our writers here um, in the Gannett family. So we'll be out there. Look out for our content. Subscribe and follow us on our social media. So with that, for Dylan and Seth and myself, Billy, thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the games.